Good morning from Fast Company. Here's our daily look into what's driving today's creative business leaders. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the summer of 2020, at the height of the pandemic, about 45,000 home-based child care workers across California voted overwhelmingly in favor of forming Child Care Providers United. Reportedly the largest union election in two decades, it was 17 years in the making, the result of advocates urging lawmakers and politicians to grant bargaining rights to child care workers. The CCPU union a joint effort among local chapters of the Service Employees International Union and the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees, also marked a significant labor action in a sector that has long been difficult to crack, in stark contrast to the robust union representation that teachers enjoy. At a moment when workers across industries are mounting high-profile union drives and going on strike, the childcare industry has seemingly remained out of reach for many organizers, even as the pandemic shined a light on the myriad of challenges faced by people in those jobs. It's very, very difficult for low-wage workers to organize, says Sharon Block, executive director of Harvard Law School's Center for Labor and a Just Economy. One, it just takes time. And for people who are low-wage workers, time is a luxury that most of them don't have because they need to be working all the time in order to support themselves. But even compared to other low-wage sectors, where workers have seen major union wins at companies like Starbucks and Amazon, the precarious nature of the childcare industry presents unique challenges. Childcare workers aren't just poorly compensated. They're among the lowest-paid workers in the U.S. As of 2021, childcare workers are making just $13.51 an hour, reportedly half of what the average worker in the U.S. earns according to the Economic Policy Institute. Another report by the Center for American Progress found that when adjusted for inflation, wages for childcare workers had actually gone down 6.5% between 2012 and 2019. Hiring and retention has always been an issue in childcare centers, but the pandemic thrust the industry into a staffing crisis as its workers were lured away by jobs with better pay and benefits. You see a lot of turnover in childcare, says Kathy Creighton, director of Cornell University's Industrial and Labor Relations Buffalo CoLab. When there's a lot of turnover and wages are really low, even though you might need a union more than ever, it's difficult for the workers to sort of band together to form a union and get that solidarity. It's exactly this dynamic that helps explain why the childcare industry isn't more unionized, coupled with a lack of public investment and the complexities of labor law. 
Since childcare is largely privatized in the U.S., with the exception of pre-K programs that are publicly funded and subsidized services for low-income families, the industry is mostly composed of small businesses and home-based care centers. Due to steep labor costs and strict staff-to-child ratios, most childcare providers are hardly in a position to be squeezed by activist employees. In the absence of sustained federal funding, there just isn't enough money to go around without hiking up prices for families and making childcare even more unaffordable. The privatization of childcare also means that many workers in this sector would have to organize under the National Labor Relations Act, rather than the state labor laws that typically govern how teachers unionize. It's a statute that, at best, is very weak, Block says, of the National Labor Relations Act, which grants private sector employees the right to organize, but has been criticized for not having strong anti-retaliation protections. It doesn't really work for everybody, but it works particularly poorly for childcare workers in settings where there's sometimes a fair amount of turnover, where workers are very vulnerable because they're low-wage, home-based workers are extremely isolated from other workers, for childcare workers, it's essentially an obstacle to organizing. And yet, as is the case with so many vulnerable workers, the very issues that make unionizing difficult are also why it can be so powerful. Since there's so little unionization in the industry when childcare workers do organize successfully, as they did for Childcare Providers United, it's usually only a subset of workers who benefit. Since the CCPU was organized under state law, only family care providers were eligible to be classified as public employees and included in the union. As of this year, 11 states have granted family child care providers the right to unionize, and all of those states have since inked agreements with their workers. It's most often family child care providers that are being organized, says Brandy Jones-Lawrence, senior analyst at the University of California Berkeley Center for the Study of Child Care Employment. While they're excluded from formal shop-by-shop -shop unionization because they're independent contractors, they are eligible for sector unionization. That's been the most successful model for most of those states that have any kind of representation. But that leaves out all of the providers who work in these center-based settings. Childcare workers may never have the kind of union representation that teachers do, at least not without an overhaul of how the industry is currently funded. But the CCPU offers a glimmer of hope. Its latest collective bargaining agreement, which was approved by legislators and members earlier this year, secured an $80 million retirement fund, along with other benefits that will help providers keep their businesses running even if enrollment fluctuates. The CCPU contract is a pretty amazing feat of public policy and advocacy, Lawrence says. States like Illinois and Connecticut have signed agreements with their family child care providers as well. But Lawrence believes that alternative organizing structures could also prove effective under the right circumstances. She points to New Mexico, where a nonprofit group called Olay tried to organize childcare workers starting in 2010, but later pivoted to focus on policy advocacy for center based childcare providers, even recruiting parents and families to their cause. Since then, Olay has secured increased reimbursements and subsidies for providers as well as parents. What they ended up doing is creating a nonprofit organization that almost serves as a quasi-union for the sector, Lawrence says. Its only task and focus is to address policy and legislative issues within the early care and education sector. Still, she points out, it took more than a decade for the group to really affect change, and a progressive governor who made it a priority to invest in childcare and early childhood education. 
Unions may not solve the fundamental issues with how the U.S. approaches early childcare education as a nice-to-have rather than a public good. But there are other benefits to activating workers in this space that transcend the specific wins that any one group might secure. A broader organizing movement across the childcare industry could certainly give workers more of a voice than they currently have and perhaps build an even stronger case for federal investment, especially now that providers have lost the federal funding that so many of them relied on in recent years. The fight for $15 was funded by the labor movement, and that had nothing to do with unionization. It just said that the fast food industry should not be staffed by people who are living on starvation wages, Cornell University's Creighton explains. Organizing provides a structure around which advocacy can happen for the workers themselves. That's all today from Fast Company. Talk to you tomorrow. Spoken Layer Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.